Is that the most prommy song? It is you the know? most prommy song there is. Really? Yes. You think so? Yes. More than like Cotton Eye Joe? <laughs> <laughs> That's right. This is a Riverdale recap podcast. Footloose might be the promiest prom song. Written by Britta London and Devin Turner. Directed by David Katzenberg. Welcome back, Britta London, for the last time. She's leaving the show. Uh, to, to newer projects and greener pastures, and we wish you the best. Yeah. Um. So anyways, you know, what better way to start an episode about prom than mm-hmm. at a fiery crash site? Yeah, the, the prison transfer bus going to the new Southside prison that looks a lot like old Southside High. They did not have to do much. No. M- maybe they just thought the architecture fit the neighborhood already. Yeah. They, they didn't want to clash with what was there. But in any case, uh, it is a, a charred husk that's dripping in, in water. something. I guess it I rained. It was, I thought it was water from trying to put out the flames. Oh, uh, that makes sense. That makes sense. Yeah. You know, they're taking photographic evidence while in, like, hazmat suits. Yeah. It's a little strange. Evidence collection suits. You don't want any of your business getting in there and tampering. Unless you're FP, it doesn't matter. Right, right. You can be attached to every crime. It's fine. But who should drive up in the old family station wagon than Betty and her good friend Veronica riding shotgun? Uh, Who are greeted by FP, who has his arm in a sling. Mm Mm-hmm. And he fills them in that they don't know what happened. And and Betty's like, dang it, he's back. My dad's back. My dad escaped. Like, the Black Hood's back. I love that she calls him uh, the Black Hood, not Dad, not mm-hmm. Hal. The Black Hood. Immediately. Mm-hmm. Black and, Hood's back. And exclusively. Mm-hmm. And so she's like, you know, he's out there. We got to create a plan. This is what's going on. FP's like... No, there were no survivors. There were five prisoners and one driver, and that's the number of heads we found. And I'm like, but (laughs) shouldn't there be guards on the bus? It's a very good driver. There should be at least like two guards. The driver's highly capable. I also am concerned about the fact that they just found like heads. (laughs) I thought this was a fire. What happened? It's an incredibly violent crash. Was was there just a lot of like wire crisscrossing in this inside of this bus or something? He, he does have a line a second later saying, "Well, if we can't piece them back together, <laughs> we should be able to to check their DNA." Yes. What the fuck happened? <laughs> I'm imagining that each prisoner. Mm-hmm. was separated by very thin, sharp wires. Yes, yes. They, that then when the bus, like, stopped, they all just, like, got cheese sliced. That's why they didn't need guards. They they had Jigsaw come up and rig a <laughs> death trap, so if they try to escape... What the hell? Betty is so not in on this, though. She's telling <laughs> Veronica, like, he asked for my help. He wanted to be on this bus. He planned this. He's out there. So while she's freaking out, 
Uh, we go to the Archie household. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Andrews household. Andrews where, Central. Where Mary comes back. Yeah. Which... As would... the episode goes on, I think it becomes more clear that a lot of her lines were written for Fred. Oh, yeah. It's very Freddy. Yeah. And it's very, like, at first you're like, oh, Mary! And then you're like, oh, oh, this is why Mary's here. Yeah. And all they talk about is that Fred took the car <laughs> and he's on a road trip mm-hmm. for something. He's on. He's off somewhere. Maybe he's gone to San Junipero. We don't know. But we do know that I was, I guess, wrong in the fact that Fred got killed. Unless, I don't know. Well, I'll save it for later. <laughs> Remind me of that. Okay, I'll try. So yeah, they that's that's all we get for right now is just that Fred is out of town. Mary happened to be coming back to town while Fred mm-hmm. was gone cuz Chicago slowed down and she missed them. She had enough time to visit her kid and her ex-husband she's on pretty good terms with. Yeah. So she 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 knows about Archie's boxing mm-hmm. and stuff and he's instantly concerned like you didn't come to talk me out of it, right? She's like, "Well, you know, only a little bit. <laughs> yeah, just mostly a bit. no, but a little bit. Meanwhile, uh, Betty has made her way to the farm and and rushes in uh, to see Alice. Mm-hmm. And Alice wants to know, "Have you come to steal more babies, Elizabeth? Is that that why you're here, stealing some babies? We don't <laughs> have any more babies. We just have those two babies. They only have one babies. They only have one baby. Unless I don't know, people could be getting some action." I, I suppose, I suppose. Yeah. All will come together. Three, two, one, go. Um, but Alice already knows about the crash because FP called her and she's like, you know, yeah, he's dead. This is great. And, you know, and she also disbelieves Betty's disbelief. Yes. And she's like, no, they have bodies. He's not alive. You need to stop this. Look at everything Hal survived last season. Yeah. No one is even considering the possibility, but Betty. Yeah. And then Betty notices that Alice has a new tattoo. Mm-hmm. She has an infinity sign uh, on her wrist. Which, which is a very mom tattoo. Which is a very, like, five years ago tattoo. That is the tattoo a, a 40-something woman gets when she starts buying Himalayan salt lamps. Yeah. It's perfectly in character. But she considers it an engagement ring because it was on the suggestion of Edgar. Not on the suggestion. Edgar asked her to do it. Yeah, that, that's, that's more Which of an instruction. Which is creepy as fuck. So creepy. So uh, over at the Joneses, uh, Jughead and Jellybean are getting breakfast. And, and Jughead's like checking in with Jellybean like... You know, how how you feeling? How are things? And, well, you know, other than mom abandoning me, I guess I'm okay. Yeah, she feels understandably abandoned by her mom skipping town. She's never lived without her before. But she's still happy to be in Riverdale, and she's having a lot of fun. Yeah, and I'm like, you know, Jughead's a good big brother because he didn't rub in the fact that, well, mom abandoned me (laughs) and left me with... Our father, who was a drunk at the time, and I was homeless. Yeah. So stop complaining, JB. You don't got it so bad. We even get reminders of his homeless days later this episode. Yes. 
But no, he's a good big brother. And he's like, well, I'm glad you're here. And there's no more G&G. Don't get into trouble. But she doesn't understand why that's such a big deal. Why, why people are so bent out of shape about it. She had a good old time with her new best pal. And he let her wear his special goofy ears. And and a crown. And of course, there was the gargoyle king. Uh, wait, what? <laughs> you met him? Uh, and yeah, so she met the Gargoyle King, and uh, Jughead's like, this is very interesting, please tell me more. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and we find out that the Gargoyle King gave them a quest. To, to find the gospel. But they couldn't find it. Yeah. It's a fun scene because Jellybean still, as far as she knows, it's it's goofy dress-up story time. Yeah, She doesn't understand that it's tied to, to this uh, murderous gang and, and their uh, mind-controlling psychedelics. Because Jughead did the little, like, head in hand, I'm mm. listening, and I just pictured him with the little, like, Rapunzel scoot-scoot. <laughs> Tell me more, Eugene Fitzherbert. Yeah. Yes. There's, like, two people out there who got it. A lot of people saw that movie, darling. Yeah, but... Did they rewatch it a bajillion times like me and really and appreciate it? Because so many people do not appreciate that movie <laughs> and they do not realize that it is one of the best Disney movies of all time. The character animation is is really good. There's a lot of personal gesture in there. Glenn Keane was brought in as a, uh, a consultant and it really shows in gr- uh, to great effect. Yeah. It's also a wonderful, you know, story about the fact that you do not have to accept the abuse of your family. That is true. That is true. Uh, <laughs> Tangled's good. Tangled's really good. If you've only watched it once and you dismissed it, you should go watch it like three more times <laughs> um, and realize how wrong you were. <laughs> and then use those that special bathroom in the Magic Kingdom. And cry over the bathroom. There's a photo op there now. I want to do the photo op. <laughs> Do you get to take a picture with a toilet? No, it's outside when you they give you a lantern to hold. Like you're gonna send up the lantern. Oh, one of those, one of the magic shot things. Yeah, oh. yeah. I I don't know if it's actually a magic imposed lantern or they have like a prop. Oh, they might have an actual prop to you hold. Props are good. Yeah. Anyways. Anyway, this gospel. <laughs> it's clear to me that the gospel is an expansion for this current edition of G and G. Probably uh, advanced copies available at Gen Con this August. I'm imagining it more like the graphic novel. Like, <laughs> well, All their iconic characters licensed by Dark Horse. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Yeah, exactly. So meanwhile, uh, Veronica goes to visit Archie at the gym, who mm-hmm. was in the middle of doing some boxing with Mad Dog. The only thing he does these days. All he does. And she, she gives him a permission slip, because remember, they're teenagers, um, <laughs> and he needs permission to box in this boxing tournament, and his parent must sign it. Yeah, some some sort of regional uh, amateur boxing tournament. Yes, and Veronica is apparently officially his manager. Yes. And, and Mad Dog's like, hey, can you be my manager too? And she says, maybe I'll think about it. And I'm like, you're dumb. You should like... <laughs> Be his manager. He's a lot more talented at this than Archie. Yeah. Mad Dog needs somebody to advance his interests. Otherwise, he'll fall in with another Elio. Yeah. You would have yeah. had a lot fewer his... problems if he had a manager. Okay. Where is where is Mad Dog's family living? Where? Where's his 
grandma? Where's grandma? Because they were put up by Elio and he's left Elio. So mm-hmm. where's grandma? Well, he's going to tell us about her new rough neighborhood that has another Fizzle Rocks cook <laughs> right upstairs. But then Fangs comes running out of the locker room uh, and apparently a pipe has burst. Mm-hmm. Um and Archie's like, I'll fix it later. And I'm like, no, you go <laughs> fix it now. A pipe burst mean there's water leaking everywhere, Archie. Are you an idiot? Wait, we, yes, you are. But We could assume that Fangs had presence of mind to go to the shutoff valve before saying anything. On the other hand, Fangs is even dumber than Archie. Shouldn't they have this conversation? <laughs> like, let's make sure. And of Veronica, being uh, the voice of reason, is like, call a plumber right now. What the hell? Look, Archie's tried football. He tried music. He's currently trying boxing. Maybe he'll go to trade school. <laughs> Take an apprenticeship. Become a pipe fitter. But, you know, instead of doing anything... This is where Veronica lets Archie know that she wants to invest in the gym. Mm -hmm. She wants to, you know, finance some upgrades. Own a chunk of El Royale. As water damage is happening 10 feet away. Well, yeah, she could get it cheap. (laughs) She's in a strong bargaining position. (sighs) And she's doing this with some of the the recent flood of Les Bonnuis profits. What? Les Bonnuis is the most erratic, unpredictable business. Like, it, its revenue chart looks like the price of Bitcoin. It is never the same thing two days in a row. Well, like, last week they gave away all their money yes. to Randy's family. Mm-hmm. How do we just have more money now? They had another good night. It's one day at a time. That's the Le Bonnui. Uh, Apparently, we need uh, to open a bar in a basement because that's where you make bank. A bar in a basement that serves alcohol and and uh, has underground gambling that caters almost exclusively to teenagers. Because that makes sense. It helps when your friend's dad is the sheriff and only police <laughs> officer. Yeah. Then we we go catch up with the core four in the student lounge mm-hmm. where Betty is filling everyone in on the Black Hood being back and her dad being alive from the crash and Jughead is snacking. <laughs> and, and, and to be fair, her friends believe her. They do. And Jughead comforts her with the fact that, well, don't worry, you got... The serpents and the pretty poisons and all of Archie's boxing dudes and all these other people that can protect you. Well, everybody's got a gang. We've all got gangs. Just gangs. Lots of gangs. You we are got, friends with gangs. We got gangs out the wazoo. Uh, he also says, like, well, you know, you could, like, move back in. Things are less crazy now that mom's gone. <laughs> then, then Jughead fills everyone in on how... Uh, Jellybean informed him of all this stuff with the Gargoyle King and the Gospel. And then Cheryl comes in and uh, informs everyone that prom is this weekend, a uh, theme of fire and ice. And mm-hmm. she and Tony are going to be uh, going for dual prom queens. Um, and Veronica says, prom is this weekend? We still <laughs> do things like that here? <laughs> I, I guess. Apparently. Maybe now people will stop asking what season the show is currently set in. Spring. It's springtime. This is when we should be tapping maple trees, so you know. (laughs) No, that happens in fall in this world with a 23-hour day. But then, 
the best moment. My favorite bughead moment. Yeah. Betty leans over and uh, says... Jughead, will you go to prom with me? In a little silly voice. He says, only for you, Betty Cooper. And it's so cute. And uh, Archie and Veronica just sort of look at each other and try not to make eye contact and look away. And it's like, do they not want to have to discuss prom with each other? Or are they like witnessing like the, oh, God, our friends are too cute. They're just too cute. They're just too cute. They're going to throw up. And also everyone's expecting us to ask each other to prom. Yes. It can be both. It can can be be both. both. It's cute. (laughs) I like this scene. This is one of those scenes that's just so good with this little catch up. Mm -hmm. And it's so good to have them acknowledge the fact that like. We're supposed to be teenagers. Yes. And prom's supposed to be a thing. Yes. With all this shit going on. But also, there's even more murders than usual. <laughs> Remember, baby teeth? So meanwhile, uh, Mary brings her son a PB&J. Uh-uh, a peanut butter and banana, a PBB. Oh, what? Uh, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's just like unmushed jam. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's pre-J. Yeah. P- PB and pre-J. And so he's like, oh, thanks, mom. Can you sign this permission slip for me? I'm a teenager. <laughs> uh, and uh, she lets him know that, well, you know, she didn't even want him to play football. So she's definitely not going to sign a permission slip for him to box mm-hmm. um, because she doesn't want him to get pummeled. Right. And he's arguing that, like, but I'm really good at it. I have this talent. I've I've been doing all right self-trained lately. I own a gym, Mom. Did <laughs> you know that? I'm a small business owner, and I'd like to go pro to, to attract more paying members of my gym. Hey, Mom. I was on the local news. I don't know if you caught that. Hey, Mom, did you know that I was put into a fight ring when I was in jail? <laughs> Just want to make sure you're all caught up. Let me tell you about the time a bunch of medieval cosplayers tried to literally kill me. <laughs> but she she holds her ground and says no. Uh, so meanwhile, we catch up with Betty, who is at a fucking shooting range. Yes. Oh, the, the cut between these is awesome because it is Archie at his bedroom hung heavy bag. His punch makes a gunshot sound. And then in the next moment... We uh, have the film cut to Betty at the shooting range. Yeah. It's it's wonderful. This is a scene that's probably very weird for people in other countries to watch. Um, but yeah, in America, that's a thing you can go do. It's fun. You should try it. I have done it. I'm telling the people. <laughs> shooting ranges are fine. Shooting ranges are okay. Skeet is a lot more fun because they're moving. Yeah. Yes. Just like... You gotta, like, borrow the gun and return it. (laughs) That's what it should actually be. I never like archery. I I love archery. She um, gets a call from uh, Dr. Curdle Jr., Mm -hmm. who I guess has her on speed dial. Yes. He's like, well, the corpses were all charred past recognition. But one hand cut from one body. A semi-charred hand was just semi-charred enough to have a usable DNA sample, and it matches Hal Cooper. Yes. Of, of course, he's saying this in his arch, like, 
auditioning for the next uh, Dracula reboot delivery. Even on the phone, this dude never phones it in. No. Never. No. Love it. Yes. Um, And Betty loses it. (laughs) (laughs) She cries from, I assume, relief. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, It's finally over. Yes. The, The darkness is defeated. So uh, back at the Joneses, uh, Jughead gets a call from FP. To go on down to Junkyard Steve's! <laughs> so he does. He he goes to Junkyard Steve's. Oh, I've been waiting for Junkyard Steve's triumphant return. And I, I hope we never meet the character of Junkyard <laughs> Steve, because nothing can live up to what's in my mind. Yeah. Uh, since Junkyard Steve's junkyard was the place that Kurtz took Jughead, uh, they have been sweeping the junkyard, and they found a school bus that seems to be the place that Kurtz and some other gargoyles were crashing. You can tell because gargoyles love Arts and Crafts Day. Lots of graffiti on the walls, lots of little hanging figurines. Festooned in their Blair Witch knockoff little, little doodads. Yes. And Jughead notices a tear in one of the seats and lifts, like, the tear up. Mm -hmm. And there is the gospel of the Gargoyle King. I was expecting the gospel to actually be another bit of rules, because, like, everything is, you know, a metaphor. No, it's a book. It is a leather-bound book. The title is The Gospel of the Gargoyle King. (laughs) Yes. Uh, So Jughead takes it. And and puts it in his bag without telling his dad he has it. Like, is that off base? Because, like, when they say the tavern, they mean Pop's Chocolate Shop and stuff like that. I w- was really surprised I to mean, see, quote, the gospel of the gargoyle I thought King. it was going to be the gospel. Okay. Like, a, I thought it was going to be a writing. Mm-hmm. I thought, though, like, I don't know, maybe we'll get some, like, carved stones or maybe or the scroll. Maybe the gospel of the gargoyle king was the personal diary of whoever the person is under there. But no, this is like a mass market book. It is in, it is professionally typeset. You know, to go with this game that only existed in Riverdale, apparently, (laughs) for a while, and then it was everywhere. What the hell? Uh, I'm also like, well, if that's what Jellybean was supposed to find, that girl should have found it. Like, come on, not hard to find. Oh, because she was hanging out in abandoned buses? That seems like someplace Ricky would take her. It looks like she just played with Ricky in... Pops and their place and wherever Ricky's staying, which is not a bus. Why wouldn't Ricky be there? I don't think Jellybean would have been in the bus because the bus is creepy as hell and Jellybean doesn't think of G&G as creepy as hell. Okay, yeah, like he didn't lead her there, but it seems like a place, I don't know, they should have looked. I guess. I think Ricky should know better. I think Ricky's living there. Yeah, maybe. With Kurtz. Not anymore, he's not. Well, I mean, I think that he (laughs) was. Yeah. You know, he if he had any foster parents or some shit, he murdered them. Like, oh, come for on. sure, for sure. Um, so meanwhile, at school, uh, Archie comes running down the hallway yeah. to give Veronica his uh, permission slip, which was not signed by his mother. It was signed by him, but let's which, not tell Veronica that. Which is really obvious, but he doesn't admit it for another 20 minutes out loud yeah, to the like, audience. Veronica, come on, you gotta know. <laughs> um, and then he's like, oh, and, uh... What are you doing for prom? Want to, like, go as friends? As friends. Uh, so who sometimes rub our butts together. Rub the butts. Rub the butts. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
Uh, so they go up to uh, Cheryl and Tony, who are working the prom table. Mm-hmm. And Archie, we want some tickets. And apparently Cheryl and Tony had a bet that they would get back together. <laughs> <laughs> and they're like, no, 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 we're going as friends. And they're like, yeah, okay, sure, whatever. Yeah, yeah. Tell it to your dad, why don't you? Yeah. Butt rubbers, more like it. <laughs> uh, so they get their tickets and they leave. And then Evelyn comes by and she's like, Cheryl, what is this I'm hearing about you campaigning uh, for prom queen? That is against the rules. Mm. We are one. Prom queen and king does not mean we are one. Remember, family. Family. <laughs> We are one. What? That's one that only two people are going to get. Nope, no one's going to get it. It's literally me. Okay. No one else knows what that is. I mean, we, we said earlier that this was the point that uh, would probably drive Cheryl away from the farm. Their their whole unity thing and subservience to Edgar. Because they do venerate Edgar. Yes. Like, he, he is the exception to this. Mm-hmm. And pointing that out is probably something that would also make Evelyn very angry at you. Uh, yeah. So, um, Evelyn lets them know that, no, you have to, like, pick one prom queen for one night or live with us for eternity. And she's like, both, motherfucker? Uh, I also like that she calls Evelyn out on the fact that, like, you're 30 or something, right? <laughs> like, but I'm like... We know this, and Evelyn is still attending high school? Yes. Like, did did she convince them, like, I need to get my GED? Who would throw her out? Principal Weatherby? That devoted member of the farm? I I feel like Miss Weiss should be able to go to the school board or something. (laughs) And she does need her GED. She's, She's been doing this high school scam since she was actually high school aged. Or I feel like maybe she could get FP to arrest Evelyn for, like, preying on children. Like, we got another Miss Grundy situation here. (laughs) Yeah. It's in the making. Come on. But, of course, you may be thinking, wait, aren't tickets to prom sold months in advance uh, in order to talk to caterers and and venues? No. I mean, usually, yes, but everyone assumed it was canceled up until they realized it wasn't. So I'm going to give them a bit of a Promise some leeway in here. three days. And uh, we're selling tickets now. Everyone just kind of forgot because they were too busy being recruited by a, a death-edging cult. Yes. Yes. I understand. Well, I mean, Cheryl is on the prom committee. She's been a little busy being mm-hmm, in a mm-hmm. cult. So they can't make decisions without her, probably because they're scared. Also, their venue is the school uh, gymnasium, so... Man, they got the shaft on their prom. <laughs> well, you at least got like a cheesy... Like a banquet hall banquet sort hall. of place. Yeah. 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 It was fine. It was nice to get out of the gym. It was very white. It was very white. So is my school, to be fair. All the girls but me, uh, all their dresses of, you know, pastel colors pop. Yeah, someone had to be in all black and slinky. I wasn't going to look like a cupcake princess. Just feel like one on the inside. Yeah. You're my cupcake princess, dear. You were also the only person with a cummerbund. I like that look. Everyone else had vests. What when else are you going to get to wear a cummerbund? Well, I think everyone else's mentality is, is I can strip off the rest of my clothing and just wear my vest. Mm. I don't think they'll allow you to do that if it's just a cummerbund. Mine was, I can 
hide little snacks in there for later. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah. Or buttons that fall off. Or I had a very bad rental tux. Didn't my mom have to like hem your pant? Yes. <laughs> Jughead is sharing the gospel with Betty. Mm-hmm. Um, He's- and it's all pretty fun, mythical stuff. You know, gargoyles were ancient spirits that lived above the clouds until they were turned to stone and they fell and shattered. And uh, apparently uh, Betty's lucky guess back when she was committed uh, uh, was correct. There, There is a Griffin Queen figure in the mythology. Yes. Um, but she's like, no, Jughead, this, this book just makes it... Seem like the Gargoyle King is this supernatural being, but it's just another freaking ser- serial killer like my dad. In a costume. Is is just a guy. Is just a guy. Uh, and guys can, can be shot and killed. Yep. As she takes her dad off of the current murder board. Yes. Mm. Uh, but then Jughead gets a text from Dr. Curdle Jr., who also just texts teens. He doesn't have a lot of friends, okay? <laughs> he's just he's just doing what they want because he's hoping that one day they'll invite him over for pizza and a movie. Yeah. <laughs> How old can he be? 22? <laughs> he needs friends. I hope He went to medical school out of middle school. He's like I hope he's like 45. <laughs> he's He's the Doogie Hauser of the dead. He needs to meet some of his peers. Yeah. Yes. Curdle has the results of Kurtz's autopsy. Um, and so they they go there and he, he points out that Kurtz has some fresh tattoos on his back, mm-hmm. which are the same symbols that like Dilton and them all have had carved that into we've them. Seen carved into them, uh, including baby teeth. And yes. they mention and Jughead now knows from his his study that uh these are runes one must have ascribed on them to ascend uh upon death. Yes, and so, so like that's pretty chill of them to to send baby teeth to gargoyle heaven. Yeah, I th- I thought there was bad blood there. Apparently, it's 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 all good. Um, so Jughead thinks that maybe Kurtz uh was trying to sneak his way in to ascend by getting them tattooed. Mm-hmm. They were like, okay, well, whoever tattooed him is our new lead. This is Riverdale. There's probably only one person that does tattoos here, other than your <laughs> dad, Jughead. Only one professional to toost. Yes. Uh, So meanwhile, uh, Mary goes to Archie and is like, I know you're upset with me, but I'm just being a mom. So what I've done is I've called my friend who I know who's in the Navy at the Naval Academy. Mm -hmm. And they have a really great boxing thing with scholarships. Yeah. Let's chat with them. This friend, they, they apparently met at Sarah Florence. Not Sarah Lawrence College. No, no, no. Sarah Florence. It's the other one. Yes. So so this friend comes um, and she goes on like with this long spiel. The, the whole recruiting pitch to go to Annapolis. Yeah, you get all these great things and then you only you have to serve for five years. But it's not like you're just some enlisted grunt. Like you, you it's a completely different career track going from Annapolis. Yeah. Which they don't really mention, but like, come on. Yeah, but I'm like, well, it's four years of school and then five years of career. I feel like it should be at least equal. In any case, when the United States finally launches a successful right-wing coup in Venezuela, Archie Andrews will be at the head. 
this is what I've learned. Yeah. Yes. And so Archie's like, well, it's great, except, like, those will be my prime boxing career age days. And I can't be an old boxer. And this recruiter's like, well, well, we've had a lot of really successful boxers come out of our come out of Annapolis before, so like maybe shut up. <laughs> <laughs> the the recruiter lady's all like, you know, I, I hear you're very talented, but you know, I'd, I'd have to see you in the ring. And so they decide to put together like a, an audition fight. And it's hard for me to accept any U.S. military recruiter putting hurdles up at any point since 2005. Like, oh, yeah. They're, they're supposed to be making this as easy as possible. I mean, I guess it's for, like, the scholarship. Like, if mm-hmm. he just wanted to go, go, oh, he right. could just this go. Is federal funding for education, you're right. They have to make that incredibly difficult. Yeah. Never mind. I, I rescind my complaint. You have to audition. That's what boxers call it, right? Auditioning? <laughs> <laughs> what would you call it? It's an audition. A test? But anyway, Archie has a very busy weekend ahead of him. He has a, a boxing uh, tryout uh, setting up against Fangs. Mm-hmm. And this uh, uh, tournament that he's doing with his semi-pro career. Yes. And prom. Prom's a big deal. And prom. Like, oh my gosh. When's Archie going to sleep? Never. Kids these days, they're so overscheduled. So Jughead and Betty uh, track down the one tattoo person. Mm-hmm. They they show a picture of the tattoos and they're like, do you recognize these? Oh, yeah. A kid came in, paid with cash. Mm-hmm. It was just like the first dude. What? And we find out that about a year ago. A sandy haired, blue eyed gentleman. Who was weirdly magnetic came in and got the same tattoos. So instantly they're thinking, bam, Edgar Evernever, that's our next lead. Yes. I, what, what would any reasonable person think? How? <laughs> he has he's famously got blue. green eyes. They, they did... Color contacts? They did it like the Hulk. Color contacts? Especially green eyes. I don't know. So then we go check in on Edgar and Cheryl. Mm-hmm. And uh, Edgar is... Like, you know, Evelyn tells me that you've been campaigning uh, for prom queen. And Cheryl's like, yeah, I can use it as a platform to, spe- to spread the farm's message. And, and Edgar shuts that right the fuck down. He, like, uh, uh-uh, nope, uh, you better stop it or you can't see Jason anymore. There it is, the big guns, the nuclear option. She's like, done, no more prom queen. Oh, Oh, and and Cheryl is crushed because there is nothing in this world more important to her than than people honoring her for being better than them. Yes. It's what she lives for. Yes. The only thing she wants more Mm -hmm. is Jason. Which is not of this earth. Not of this earth. No. So meanwhile, at Pops, Veronica is talking to someone and and Pops is very worried that Veronica is selling. She's like, no, no, I'm just going to take out a loan. Mm Mm-hmm. Because she wants to uh, finance fixing up the gym. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, mm, businesses are doing so well. Maybe you shouldn't take out a loan to do this. <laughs> it just means she'll be able to pay back the loan extra good. Okay. And Pop Tate makes this weird face. It's like, why did I let a child be my boss? I had such a good thing going. I could have retired. <laughs> He's also very concerned about like, 
You and Archie? You're you're helping him? Oh, we're just friends. Yeah. yeah. Friends. Every person in this town is convinced they're bumping them uglies once again. Oh, yeah. Meanwhile, Archie uh, gets officially weighed um, mm-hmm. for the tournament, and he is six pounds overweight. And they're like, well, you're not going to fight. And he's like, no, no, I can do it. I can lose the weight. Keep me on. I'll be six pounds lighter. And they're like, okay, you got till Friday. What? What do you mean Friday? They moved the the first round of the tournament up a day, and this is how he finds out. But he already has a fight scheduled for Friday against Fangs to impress Ms. Navy. Yep. Oh no, what's a boy to do? Apparently what a boy is to do is to cover himself in garbage bags and hit the uh, uh, elliptical bike for nine hours a day. Yes. Like Foxcatcher. Go in the, like, sauna. That image of a healthy sports relationship. Yeah. Jughead and Betty are having a little little meeting where Betty is ranting about, well, it's got to be Edgar. Like, it's when he moved to town. Laying out the case according to timeline, according to... Alice had to get a tattoo, so Edgar must like tattoos. That is the second (laughs) least convincing bit of evidence she has. The the least convincing evidence is that they're both really, really creepy. Air tight, Betty. Air fucking tight. <laughs> the most teenager-y thing to say. Did, did one of the Instagram people you you uh, run across write this scene? <laughs> really like a lot of the writing in this, though, because there's so many little mm-hmm. aspects of them that it's like, wow, you are 17. We'll miss you, Britta. And also your writing partner. I don't know who's responsible for what line in this one. I don't but know. We do like the Britta episodes. So Veronica goes to visit Archie, who is doing a lot of jumping, mm-hmm. uh, jumping rope. In his sweatsuit. In his sweatsuit. Uh, and he's like, okay, I need you to drive me home. Or I need you to drive me back from the match because I got another match and I need to get my head in the game. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then he like starts playing basketball and singing about gotta, gotta get your head in the game. And that. A lot of people got that one, actually. Yeah. It was really popular. Yeah. So then he lets it all out. Mm-hmm. Okay, I got two fights because I got this thing with my mom. She was like, well, why Why don't they just come to the tournament to see you? You don't have to fight twice. And he's like, because I lied. Mom doesn't want me doing this. Mom don't know. I can't disappoint her. Veronica just takes it all in stride and, and helps him maintain this fiction because she is not a hypocrite. She knows about forging a parent's signature to get away with shit. Yep. Uh, so meanwhile, uh, Edgar and Alice and all of the farmies are sitting in a circle, mm-hmm. and we are hearing the end of an answer. We're hearing Edgar Evernever talk about how they sometimes practice funerary cannibalism. And then he thanks Alice for her very good question. What was the question? <laughs> what was the first half of the answer to the question? I need to know. I was too shocked to like write down what actually they, came out of this. They were his talking mouth. about consuming their elders after they passed yes. to take on their strength. Yes. Who are the elders? You founded this cult and you are allegedly 32 <gasps> years old, FP's child. He's gonna consume Alice. Yeah, he is. Uncles go down on your wives. I, I don't. I don't mean that he's gonna. Give his mother oral sex? 
I do. I mean, he's going to eat her. They all come together. <laughs> Three, two, one, now. Jughead rush in, uh, missing this conversation. <laughs> uh, and Betty's just like, okay, admit it. You're the gargoyle king. And he's all like, no, I'm not. He's like, no, you have tattoos. Well, yeah, I have this infinity sign. No, you have more on the back, on your back. You got these tattoos. And he's like, no, I didn't. And he's like, well, prove it. Take your shirt off. And if he didn't want to put up with this bullshit, why isn't he locking the door? Why don't they have security at the front of the building? How can these people just keep getting in? <laughs> they have bed checks. I highly doubt people can just leave. Why can people just enter? Learn from more popular cults. Scientologists give their front desk staff literal binders with faces and faces and faces of people that aren't allowed inside. Yeah. Uh, but Edgar's like, fine, I'll take my shirt off. <laughs> Oh my abs! My fucking yeah. god! Chad Michael Murray has aged really fucking well, and I understand why Alice wants to be a sister wife. All he's been doing between One Tree Hill and now is getting cut. My god, he puts every other person to fucking shame. <laughs> And, like, not just the abs. He has those, like, hip cut he's things. Got, he's got vagina bones. Oh, my God. His back, even. Yes. I want to scrape Darling, my fingernails over that. Did you feel things? I felt things. I want to feel those things. I, it'll be like a ripple board. <laughs> like. That's why they call them washboard abs. Dude. Yeah. That's, yeah. But it really will be. <laughs> it re like. I am absolutely convinced that that's just not a saying when it comes to his stomach. Mm -hmm. That is true. It was a glorious moment. <laughs> that's how he attracted his first followers. <laughs> Let me take off my shirt. Turn around. Hello. I mean, I'm Edgar. And I'd be like, fuck yeah. That's the kind of Follow physique you. that can have as many wives as, he, as it wants. I feel like people are missing a really big part of Jesus here. <laughs> This Jesus is, is always painted ripped as hell. And uh, he, like that. That's what Jesus looked like. Yeah. <laughs> and Jesus walked around shirtless all the time. He did. He did. I mean, he didn't wear pants. We know that. They weren't he invented. He wore nothing. He wore <laughs> nothing at all. Jesus was a naturalist. A naturist. And a, that's, that's my theology right there. <laughs> the gospel of nude Jesus. Um, but I guess we should point out. And I did have to remind myself to look for this. Uh, he has no tattoos on he his back. He has no tattoos no. across his shoulders. No. That was the point of that scene we spent 20 <laughs> minutes on. Every time I think we get the best looking abs, they just fucking top it. Eventually, they're going to have to genetically engineer the perfect abs. And even then, it will be retreated pixel by pixel. Like, it was honestly a moment of, those can't be real. We have to test these actors for, for, for ab-enhancing supplements. What are these supplements? What, I would like them. What dark secrets has the Berlanti company unlocked? I thought Zack Snyder's personal trainer that works on all his movies had, had the ticket. But I don't know. I don't know anymore. See, this is where Riverdale's whole budget goes to. I Gym mean, memberships. Henry Cavill's hairy ass torso is so good. <laughs> it's so good. 
Okay, so I'm just imagining his Also, torso. his hairy ass. It's also very well, good. Ima- it's not in as many scenes. <laughs> I'm imagining his torso and his pecs are just a hairy ass. <laughs> when when he gets in the bathtub with Lois in Batman v Superman, oh my god, that's hot. I don't so remember this. So fucking hot. I don't remember it. Okay. Did I see that? He had his shirt on in that, and it's kind of part of it because he gets all wet and it gets clingy. Oh, oh. Did I watch that movie? I don't remember. I don't know if I watched that movie. That's our spinoff, <laughs> Abscast. <laughs> Just a podcast where we compare apps. So in the next scene, in the next scene, please, please. Well, now we have to point out the one thing. <laughs> one more thing. I'm going to be up till 4 a.m. editing. <laughs> you should just leave all this in. Um, after he turns around and, like, shows off, he says, does that satisfy you, Betty? Does that satisfy you, little sister? I still believe. Do you just want to touch my abs? I mean, Jughead looked pretty shocked and into it, <laughs> so I'm just going to say that. Okay. <laughs> so then we go get, we get uh, Archie, Mad Dog, training montage to Eye of the Tiger. So we finally get Rocky 3. We're going to complete the set. <laughs> Next, we need to flash forward to Archie having problems raising his kids on the rough streets of Philadelphia. Yeah. That's Rocky Five. It's not good. Okay. Well, literally just cutting back and forth between them working out. Yes. And Archie getting on the scale. Yes. And being sad. And working out. And Archie getting on the scale and being sad. And eventually, he gets to just a, a scotch, just a few ounces above weight. And they're they're victorious. Like, yeah. And then he and Veronica have the most bro-tastic high five. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I love it because they're just friends. So we high five like this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you think this was just KJ seeing Chad Michael Murray getting prepped for that scene? Be like, no, I have to maintain my dominance. Yeah. I need a big, sweaty, shirtless workout scene. Like, come on, don't forget about my abs. I'm going to swing the ropes. I'm going to get smacked in the face by a medicine ball. Let's go. He does swing those ropes really well. Really good, yeah. Yeah. We catch back up with Jughead and Betty, Mm -hmm. and Jughead is, you know, like, Betty, maybe you should be relieved your mom's not marrying a second serial killer. (laughs) I mean, like, this could be a good thing that it's not him. She's got a type. Let's just say that. <laughs> and so Jughead suggests uh, using the Gospel King's... Gospel... <laughs> the Gargoyle King's the, Gospel. The true Kings of Gospel. <laughs> a four CD set. But to use the Gospel to, like, figure out what to do. Right. Look, look for some prophecies of things that will come to pass and use them to lay traps. Yes. One of them is that the the Griffin Queen will be crowned and will have an audience with the Gargoyle King. And they're like, there we go. We got to make you prom queen. Yep. And we got to change the theme to G&G. So it will all be with the aesthetic. Because whoever the Gargoyle King is, they are, if not a true believer in their heart in this Gargoyle King mythology. Yeah. They are dedicated to fulfilling it regardless. Yes. And, you know, we got to make this happen because otherwise we just have to, like, go to boring prom. (laughs) And, you know, 
that there are a lot of other prophecies in there they could engineer. This is just his way to make his girlfriend feel special. Yeah. He wants her to have a really good prom. Yeah. Because, you know, senior prom probably will be canceled by some sort of nuclear missile or something. Yeah. It's their last chance as far as they know. Um. So they go to see Cheryl because she's on the prom committee. And they're like, you know, people don't really know what the theme is, this whole fire and ice thing. It's sort of a reference to a line that Veronica said in the first chapter, and it didn't really mean anything then either. So, like, maybe we should call it, like, medieval times and... Medieval times is where I love to leave USB sticks full of my company secrets and barely legal porn. That's a reference that two different people are going to get. Okay, I don't know what that is. There's a guy that was in the news a while back, and he just got in the news again today. He fucking sucks. Don't worry about it. Like, actual medieval times? Like, he leaves porn so there's, at there's, the restaurant? Th- yes. Uh, Fuck. He, he's, uh, his name is Randy Pitchford. He runs a video game company. And at medieval times, he did leave behind a USB stick full of, like, private company information and secrets and also videos of barely legal porn that he claimed he saved to figure out how the magic trick was done because he's also a magician there was a magic trick in this porn that's one bit of detail i don't want to get into even on this show (laughs) you have to tell me about this later the reason he's in the news again today is because he said something at a press conference that was reported accurately and he had a four-hour meltdown over it okay yeah um so cheryl uh is like fine okay whatever hand out turkey legs i don't give a shit what's it matter i'm not gonna be prom queen and she leaves and betty and jughead are more shocked about this than anything in the whole episode betty makes this amazing like happy surprised face Mm-hmm. L- Lily Reinhardt, I love her faces. Yes. Her double takes, her hand acting, always have. But the last stretch of episodes, it's always been very serious and intense and fearful. We haven't seen the happy faces. We haven't seen the goofy faces. Yeah, there's been a lot of that in this uh, episode. This episode brought some of them back, and I so appreciate that a lot. you go to prom with me? That's the big one. Face. Yeah. Uh, but, man, just to see the wind out of Cheryl's sails is tragic. It is. She just has no reason to live. And of all the wild ass shit these teens do, trying to be prom queen is what's across the line for their new religion. Yes. (laughs) That's the most cultish thing about the farm is that no one is allowed to be superior except Edgar. Those abs, my God. (laughs) No one else probably has abs. Yeah. They're not allowed to work out. That's why we haven't seen Kevin in the wrestling singlet for a while. Oh, but Fangs is working out. He's had to let himself go a little bit. Fangs has been working out. (laughs) So there goes that theory. Later that day. Later that day. Because it's Friday. We see Archie hobbling to the car with Veronica. It's harder for him to get into this car than it was when Reggie got shot. I mean, Archie looked like me trying to get out of bed every morning. That's what I'm saying. (laughs) Yeah. Hobble, hobble. Oh. Yeah. And so he gets in the car and Veronica's like, you know... It's it's okay. Uh, you almost had him. <laughs> it it's become clear that uh, this is not that Archie was not successful 
in this fight after starving himself and, for a couple days and working himself in into a fugue state to try to make weight the crash diet he, he lost his uh his punchin yes and he's he, like i won't lose another and that's when veronica realizes that he still plans to go fight this other fight mm-hmm. and she's like you fucking idiot you can't I like that we aren't allowed to see fights Archie loses, ever since his, his first match with Ronson, at least. Yeah. <laughs> um. So Veronica's like, here's what we're going to do. We'll go back, but I'll go in. I'll get her to come back on another day. I'll smooth things over. It'll be fine. Don't you love Veronica taking care of her man slash product? Yeah. <laughs> Archie, I need to make a lot of money off the back of your, well, back and legs and fists. Yep. So they get back and uh, to the gym where Fangs has been like boxing the air for a while and getting very antsy. He's cooling off. He needs. He's, he's ready to go. Where are you at? Uh, so Veronica goes in and she's like, "Yo, I'm so sorry. Archie can't make it. He's not feel, feeling well. We think it's food poisoning." <laughs> but then he runs and he's like, "No, I can do it. I got it." And he goes up into the ring and then faints. Yeah. He hardly gets his foot down from going in the ropes before he's face first on on the canvas. Yes. This is awful for Fangs, though. Is it? Because, I don't know. He, he was planning to throw the fight because his religion prevents him from winning anything. Now he's won by forfeit. How's he supposed to explain that to Edgar? College scholarship. <laughs> you can't get... win a scholarship and be in the farm. He can go get more farmies. <laughs> He can be the new Evelyn. That doesn't work. We've seen people make that argument. It doesn't work. (laughs) Uh, Betty and Jughead are having a meeting with the serpents and the pretty poisons. Mm -hmm. And they're like, okay, prom night. We're going to try to catch the gargoyle king. Let's have a truce. Yeah, they have a big old diagram. They're going to be pairs of the various gangs at each exit. Uh, As soon as... Things start happening king and king and queen wise. They are to seal the exits, not let anyone in or out, because there's no way the gargoyle king is missing this prophesied moment. It's time to put all our hands in the middle. Yes. And do a cheer. For the sacred bond of hands in. What do you think they cheered right after we cut away? Ooh, daddy. No. No? Okay. Meanwhile, uh, Archie wakes up from his nap, and his mom's by his side. Being particularly Freddish. This is when it really settled into me, like, oh, yeah. And what what gets me so hard with this is we were gearing up for a very Fred-centric episode. That's that true. That we haven't had in so long. After only a, a small snatches for, for, I mean, everything that's aired since he passed. If, if all this was written in almost the same way with the plan for Fred. Th- there would have been so a full much. Fred subplot. Yeah. yeah. But Mary has been filled in by Veronica on everything that happened. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't want to be a boxer. I don't want to join the but Navy. What? He does want oh, I want to be a boxer, Mom. I don't want to join the Navy. I want to go college. And she's just like, I'm thinking about the rest of your life. Mm-hmm. My God. And it's weird because the message I got from that wasn't that he was so against joining the Navy in itself. It's that he was against going to the Naval Academy because he doesn't want to go to college. 
He's fine joining the military, maybe someday. He just doesn't want to do it right now when he's in his prime fighting years. Yes. And definitely doesn't want a degree from anywhere. Yeah. Uh, so now it is uh, Saturday and uh, Veronica is in her prom outfit of um, Renaissance Festival matron. Yes, yes. It's all very A Knight's Tale. Yes. This this yes. is the Heath Ledger fan club uh, uh, arriving. Yes. Um, and she she is at Pops, though. And this is the moment where we think Pops is going to tell us that he has cancer or something. Yeah. Because he is very upset. He has a very serious face and he needs to speak to Veronica. And then we cut away. Mm-hmm. To see everyone else in their prom costumes. And we see that uh, Fangs and Kevin have come to prom together and they're posing for a picture and it's so cute. Kevin is all dolled up in a really cool, like, he, he's got the horizontal stripes with, like, the, the brocade and buttons and everything. Yeah. Fangs. Has is the, like, Shakespearean loose top under his under serpent his jacket. Under his serpent jacket, which is the best. I love it. I love it. Jughead and Betty are there, and Jughead has like a one of those like cloaks over one shoulder. It's so with fucking the good. Giant like um, bird or whatever. Mm-hmm. He has heraldry, you might yes. say. Uh, and Betty has a a very pink medieval dress. She looks regal. Yes, and the thing they is, look very good. These are still cheaper than the prom dresses they would have worn for a normal one, right? Because these are all just rented from a costume supply shop. Nobody's keeping this the next day. And uh, I do I do love that they are getting into it because Chuck it's like, Shall we, my lady? <laughs> Lead on, Hellcaster. <laughs> this is apparently what a Hellcaster wears uh, when they clean up real good. Yes. A Hellcaster's Sunday best. Um, so they, they go to the voting table for prom king and queen and not even hiding it no no surreptitiousness at all uh, uh betty lays down like 200 ballots that have her name on it but we also find out that they're running unopposed <laughs> which i guess means jughead is running too i guess but unopposed there's no one else running against them if you're fixing it she's gonna let him fix it so she has to dance with anyone else really come on she's committed to her little joke i guess no one else is running because they're all in the farm (laughs) that's true not a lot are allowed to run uh and you know it's like well you want to dance while we look for the gargoyle king i mean it might as well you're looking over each other's shoulder, spinning around 360-degree views. You're moving, you're covering square footage without drawing any attention to yourself. This is Perfect true. plan. They really just want to do regular date things for once. They just want to be 17. <laughs> Haven't they got the right? Maybe prom night? <laughs> Maybe dancing? Don't stop looking in my eyes. Yeah. 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 <laughs> foreshadowing (laughs) uh so veronica and archie are there uh and they're reminiscing about how much things have changed since uh you know homecoming back when (laughs) yeah i mean the the first chapter was the the back to school dance yes one of archie's first performances was kids in america at uh homecoming oh okay those were different dances those were different dances we we haven't had a school dance for two seasons 
So Veronica fills Archie in on what Pops told her. And which... Pop Tate couldn't get these lines himself. I'm upset about that. Right? An, like an underused character can only give the like cliffhanger for what could be a, a pivotal scene in his life. Yes. Frustrated. Uh, he let Veronica know that she was tricked and that Hiram still owns Pops and that the deed he gave his daughter was fake. And Veronica's pissed. And this makes no goddamn sense. <laughs> nope. The reason Hiram wanted to own Pops was so that he could level Pops to use it as part of his prison complex. Mm-hmm. The prison is apparently much smaller than it was intended to be, I guess. Because nothing that he needed to, to level other than the school has actually been leveled. Yeah. <laughs> it's a real rinky-dink prison, and it can't have that much uh, capacity if some of the, the cells are deluxe suites with river views. Right? Uh, but apparently he still owns it, and mm-hmm. Veronica's all like, oh, he, you know, he's been using me, and all the work that I've done has been right, for him. Right, right. Everything that she thought was profit for her is profit for him. Everything she thought she was investing in her own project was just building up his equity. Mm-hmm. So she's going to keep playing on like she doesn't know, and then she's going to manipulate him through all of this. Nobody can fucking talk to each other or get a real lawyer. <laughs> Yeah. And so Archie's going to be in on it, too. Mm-hmm. So that's how you know it's going to work, right? Archie's going to die again. <laughs> uh, Cheryl and Tony are dancing together. Mm-hmm. And uh, Tony's like, I'm so sorry that you don't get to be prom queen. She's like, no, Edgar gave me something better. But then she starts to think a little bit. And she's like, you know, maybe being a farmy isn't that great. Yeah. As she stares at the crown on the Mm -hmm. pillow, on Mm -hmm. the stage. And also, like, there's always senior prom. Uh Uh-huh. Wait a minute. Why is Cheryl at the junior prom? She was... The twins are supposed to be at least one year ahead. Cheryl was held back. (laughs) Okay. We figured that out because they're all in the same classes. That's true. Okay. Cheryl was held back. Jason wasn't. That's why he was on the varsity team. But it was weird for Archie to take his place the, the following year. We'll go with that. Okay. And maybe like Cheryl was in the same grade for a while, but then because of stuff with like Jason's murder, she had to repeat something. That makes sense. Maybe that? Yeah. We'll go with that. I don't know. Maybe she'll marry Edgar next and do a lot of junior years. It could happen. It could happen. So Betty is getting some punch. Mm-hmm. And she's handed a letter. By a dude in one of those, like, Italian... A harlequin mask. Yes. Harlequino uh, from Commedia dell'arte. And she's all like, where'd you get this? Well, I got it from a druid who got it from a centaur who got who it from someone. A centaur? That's the best couple's costume for this theme, right? though. Centaur. Right. I would love to be someone's ass for the night. Um, so she, she opens the letter and it says she is summoned to the place of the first, uh, ascension. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that if she tells anyone, they will pay, pay the price. And so she sneaks out of prom. Right after she leaves, they start to announce the prom queen. Yes. And that is Betty. Our, our fake Grundy comes up. Yes. And makes an announcement to the Riverdale Renaissance Revelers. <laughs> 
I like this teacher. Yeah. She's cool. She also believes in shots yes. and vaccines. I also believe in shots. Yes. Everybody should believe in shots. Yes. I'm going to say it again. Shots, 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 shots for everybody. Are you talking about like the pointy shots or like shots? I'm talking about the little Johnson. Oh. Okay. <laughs> Betty is, of course, not there, and Jughead realizes that she's gone, and things are escalating. Mm -hmm. So Betty is going down the hallway. She's seeing that a doors are chained shut. Somebody's planning something. There, there are flashbacks to Alice walking the same hall yes, as a youngin. Yes, yes, it's very good. Uh, she goes into the same bathroom, and there are words written in red everywhere in the bathroom. Betty and Jughead were following the wrong lead. You don't go to the tattoo parlor and sniff around. You find out who's been making huge bulk orders at Sephora. Yeah. Then you will find your gargoyle king. If you're buying your wall lipstick from Sephora, you are doing it wrong. Where do you buy your wall lipstick, dear? I would buy it either from Ulta or Target to get like the elf brand that's like a dollar. Okay. Or I'd go to the Dollar Tree. They have makeup. Okay, Dollar Tree is a good choice. I would never actually use their makeup on my face because God knows what's in it. <laughs> but I'd use it to write on a wall. Okay, all right. Yeah. And that's a tip from us to you. Yeah, nothing scarier than dollar store makeup. <laughs> like, honestly, mm -hmm. maybe dollar store feminine hygiene products. I think that's maybe scarier than like dollar store lipstick. I am not using a dollar store tampon. Uh, frankly, neither am I. So uh, we have a lot in common. I have, however, heard that dollar store pregnancy tests are exactly the same they fucking are. thing. They are. They 100% I've are. heard this from our friends. Sister, who's a gynecologist, and she said those dollar store ones are exactly the fucking same. She has great stories. We should get her on the show. Right. <laughs> hey, Anne. I don't know the relevance, but, but Jacob Randolph had zero relevance yeah. to this show, and he got on. So. Yeah. Love you, buddy. She's in the bathroom. There there are the chalices. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. um, the... Every, every message is flip for your fate. Flip for your fate. Flip for your fate. Flip for your fate. Yes. And all of your sigils and runes, you would expect. And then the lights go out, and the emergency red lights come on, and she goes out into the hallway, and there's the Gargoyle King. Bum, bum, bum. And, and she starts questioning the Gargoyle King, like, I did what you asked. I'm here. Like, what do you want? She starts to pull out a gun. Yeah, it turns out Betty borrowed that gun from a dude named Chekhov, because it's back in the third act, baby. Mm-hmm. What's up? <laughs> that was good. That was good. You married me. Yeah, I like that one. That was good. <laughs> but then, suddenly, uh, she gets knocked down mm -hmm. by the hood. I think now he's the black hook, because he's got a fucking I-know-what-you-did-last-summer hook hand. Guess what? Someone didn't need their left semi-charred hand. <laughs> Was Hal right-handed or left-handed? I believe Hal was right-handed. So he had it to spare. So he can still draw? Yeah. Okay. He can still do his landscape artistry. The Black Hood's back. Uh, and it must be Hal because he's missing a hand and now he has a hook for a hand and there was a hand that was his in mm -hmm. the, the bus. All part of his plan to fake his own death for approximately 36 hours. Yes. <laughs> so, so he could, I guess... 
come back and kill Betty? Because that's what it seems like. In the same hood, in the same Carhartt jacket. And uh, he chases her through the school Mm -hmm. as she passes by other dead children. Yes. Just about everywhere she goes, she finds uh, a nameless Riverdale student who's dead and bleeding. Uh, one sprawled on the floor that she has to walk over. Uh, she, she has a, there's a quiet stalking moment through a, a restroom and there's a guy who's just sort of like leaning the a, wall. against the wall of a stall as his, his open neck just pours blood. And there's a lot of like slasher horror film trying to get away stuff in here where like when she's in the bathroom, she's turning on the showers to make more noise. Right. And she's trying to like go in a room and, and having to knock him with like a, a bust. And he's always scraping the hook along the tile walls. Or the lockers. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um there there's chain doors everywhere. She um ends up running into Jughead's homeless apartment. Under the stairs. Yes, I love her place of safety. Is is his Harry Potter closet? Yes, and I think that's meaningful. I think that's smart, and I think it's a good callback. Well, I'm trying to think. Did she even know that he lived there when he did? No, but we yeah, do. We do. That's we do. that's what yes. makes it important and meaningful. Yeah. Um. So she runs in and she pulls out her cell phone to start probably calling Jughead or 911. Or it gets knocked away as as uh, the Black Hood keeps pounding on the door trying to break in one hook at a time, sort of shining style. And he's like banging and banging and banging and banging. And she's putting all her weight to hold this door closed, just buying time until hopefully someone else has to pee, I guess. Well, and then it stops and she waits. And then there's a knock and it's Jughead and, and, and she comes out and she's like, did you see him? The what the gargoyle king? No, the black hood. He's back. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and you can tell that he did not see anything, even though it was like five seconds beforehand. <laughs> so, so Betty and and Jughead are with uh, FP, mm-hmm. and it's like you know, this was all a setup. There's now two serial killers on the run. Jughead comforts Betty very sweetly. Yeah, it's very very nice. Uh, but she she is just like broken. Yeah. At this point, the next morning, Archie and Mary are sitting down to breakfast, and it's like, wow, it's really horrible what happened yesterday during prom. <laughs> and she's she's like, I'm gonna stay because I don't want you to be alone mm-hmm. uh, while your dad is away. Yeah. And um, they also talk about how like, well, you know. You're really committed to boxing, huh? And he's like, well, yeah, Mom, I tried music, and I tried football. And I'm like, hey, Archie, did you really? (laughs) Did you really try? I don't think you tried. You know your dad built you a studio in the garage, and all you did was hide a kid in it. Hey, he also hit a fake FBI agent in it. (laughs) Be fair. Yes. The the only time he took his music to anybody who could get him into the music industry, that guy hated it. Well, yeah. Every time we saw him play football, he blew ass. I mean, yeah, he wasn't good at it, but (laughs) I wouldn't say that he tried. (laughs) Especially in the sense of like, I tried to make a career of it, mom. Mm -hmm. No, you didn't. When I was 14, I tried to make a career. Oh, oh. Mary's like, you know, I want to support you mm-hmm. uh, if you do it right. 
And this is where, like, the, the Fred vibes are really heaviest. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. And uh, he's like, you know, will you help me convince Dad? Over a phone call where we don't hear his side, probably. Oh, yeah. it's... It's rough, because you can see it so much in him. Mm -hmm. You can, like, imagine exactly how he would be saying it. And, I mean, so much respect and appreciation to Molly Ringwald. She almost certainly was not expecting to be in Vancouver these weeks. Yeah. Uh, To to make that happen, make that work, and and try to infuse some merriness into what are almost certainly recycled Fred scenes. Yes. I mean, prompts to all of them for, like, filming any of this. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, uh, Betty, uh, runs to Alice and, uh, is like, you know, Dad escaped. I saw him. He chased me during prom. <laughs> um, she's like, no, 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 he did I left all that behind, Elizabeth. <laughs> no, you have to fucking face this. Yeah. Like, this is what's happening. He's gonna come for you. He knows that you're gonna marry Edgar. He's And that Edgar's gonna adopt the babies, and he's not happy. He doesn't like that. Um, so then Edgar appears, leaning in the doorway in his, like, billowy Shakespearean shirt. I guess he was also getting ready to go to prom. Um, and he's like, well, you should stay here. We're strong. <laughs> Our members are strong. No, he, his quote is, our walls are strong. Um, like, bullshit, she keeps breaking in every single you, day. You have no locks. <laughs> if you do, they're on the inside, not the outside. The walls are strong. The doors and windows, very weak. Just tissue paper, practically. Like, your members are strong. Well, Betty made it to her car outrunning, like, 20 people. <laughs> I don't know about this. <laughs> Our members are strong, but very slow. They are very slow. <laughs> And so he he asks her to stay. Mm -hmm. Will you stay? And she nods and says, yeah, the end. Mm -hmm. So, darling, what did you think of prom night? There wasn't much prom. (laughs) There was a lot of night, though. They really made it up on the balance. Yeah, yeah. What did you think, darling? I like this one. I, I... To repeat myself, I really enjoyed getting more of a range out of uh, uh, Betty emotionally mm-hmm. and uh, more of a focus on what's going on with her and in her. And I mean, this is a show that with how it splits up its characters so much can take its relationships for, for granted and actually having uh, Jughead and Betty working together uh, yes. so often really really serves to to underscore and highlight why it is the sort of uh, a marquee ship of the show for more than half the runtime yeah like three quarters by now i think yeah um we got back to some of those uh times mm-hmm. together and that like, we love th- them going and talking to cheryl is like oh yeah that's why that they because of stuff like this this yes. is good well, and I, I've mentioned it already, but I loved this episode with the writing. There were so many moments that captured, yes, they're 17. Mm-hmm. Yes. And yes. I like, like, even with them dealing with all these crazy things, I like when we get those moments and those jokes and those things that bring it back to, they're fucking teenagers and they're dealing with the shit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I, I like that. 
And I like having those moments where they are recognizing we live in this crazy world and prom is happening. Like, yeah, 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 okay. for sure. And that's just so nice. And I feel like anytime there's like a let's recap in the student lounge, it's it's a good episode. <laughs> uh, speaking of pairing up our, our characters, Archie and Veronica in this one, one thing I had in my notes that I didn't uh, say at the point we pass it in my notes was I think it's interesting that uh, Veronica is offering Archie everything Reggie wanted and more as a business partner mm-hmm. at a point where he's done far less for her business. Yes, this is very true. <laughs> um, and I don't, I don't really like that she's wanting to get really invested in business with him. Mm-hmm. But I have appreciated their like time together as friends yes and there were some very like sweet moments mm-hmm. of that the, and like the... trying to figure out how how do we interact with each other as friends it is clear that they're going to hook up again they're oh, going yeah. to be a couple again right yeah. or either that or we're be being set up for a, a big twist a, a yeah. hard left turn right but assuming they follow through yeah i think this stretch of their relationship is going to be built on stronger ground than before yes because they immediately fell into bed they they couldn't keep their hands out of each other's pants yeah from there they tried their best to make a mutually supportive relationship and for a while they did Mm -hmm. but now i think having that experience and starting from that point and building toward the uh romantic and physical relationship they had before will set them on a stronger path yeah well ideally Hopefully. I think the moments that are endearing are things that kind of remind me of the relationship Archie and Josie had. Mm-hmm. Like, we're seeing some of those moments kind of with them right now. Yeah, yeah. And those are the nice ones. Those are those the are nice things. things. that made their relationship nice to watch. Now she's saying, hey, you can punch real good, and I can make a buck off of that. Yeah. <laughs> all right, darling. Next week, again, if all... Uh, uh, patterns hold true is the big one yes what do you think we're going to see predictions please fp said there were six heads yes one of the heads is fred yeah that's how they're going to wrap that up the the bus crashed crashed because it was avoiding uh fred's car Mm -hmm. fred pulled over to to lend a hand because he's a fucking hero and uh, hal Sliced off Fred's head, mm-hmm. left it behind, mm-hmm. drove off with the car. Chops a bunch of people into pieces so that the evidence collection would be a, a jigsaw puzzle. Uh-huh. Torched the whole thing to uh-huh. holy heaven. In order to get out of his handcuffs, he cut his left hand off. Or was it an accident that happened at the jail before he left? So he had mm. enough time for them to give him a hook? Mm-hmm. <laughs> And then, did he just, like, leave it? I say that he cut it off on the bus to get out of his cuffs because in the opening uh, uh, shots of the wreckage, there there is a dangling handcuff. There's an empty handcuff that that has the other one hooked onto some part of the bus. And, like, why would they give him a giant hook for a hand at jail? (laughs) Come on. So that's that's where I think the, the leftover hand came from. Yeah. I'm sticking with Edgar is uh, Charles. He's totally fucking Charles. Charles Smith. He is. And 
The reason Hal wants to stop the wedding is because he knows he's against mother-son incest weddings. <gasps> he knows! He knows that Edgar is Charles. Mm-hmm. That's why he's <gasps> so against this oh, wedding. It's, oh. it, it's not that he cares about what Alice does. It's just that Alice doesn't marry her own son. So he's, like, known all along that Charles was alive. And when the stuff was going on with Polly and Jason, mm-hmm. he made sure they found out about the farm. That their brother would take them in. Yes. Yes. Their brother slash cousin would take them in. Yo, he he put them in touch. He was like, oh, right, this place. Right. So he like secretly was like, oh, just happened to find this thing. Um, and then you'll think it's your idea. Uh, so he put that in motion and um, was why he was okay with all these things all along. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about Hal's uh, motivation for being there. Betty jumps to the conclusion that the Black Hood and the, and the Gargoyle King are working together to make an ambush to get rid of her. Mm-hmm. Do you think that's accurate? And if not, what do you think instead? Do you want to share your idea first? I okay. can think about my idea. What I think is actually going on is that the Black Hood wants to take out the the most sinful person around, the Gargoyle King. They're going to have a, a kaiju fight. <laughs> and the reason Hal was tackling Betty was to make sure that she didn't do it. He's oh. decided that he must protect his daughter from the darkness. This is his kill. If she does it, she'll be too far gone. Oh. Because... This show is just Arrow sometimes. They're doing a, a Malcolm Merlin Thea thing. <laughs> okay. Yes. We've talked about it before. Hal could have a twin. Mm-hmm. Or a triplet. <laughs> I'm just going to throw it out. What What if the Gargoyle King mm-hmm. is one of his brothers? Uh-huh. Henry Cooper. Yes. And or... This Black Hood is one of the other ones. Maybe. As well. Maybe. 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 I'm just throwing that out there. Genetic match, but not the same guy, just, identical twins. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just an idea. Just an idea. Um, I also think that it could have been a setup. Yeah. And it could also be someone from the farm mm-hmm. posing as him oh. to drive Betty back to the farm. Oh, so it's a fear. fake Hal. It's a fake Hal. Hal may or may not be dead, but that wasn't him. Could be. Could could be. Because they want her to get to the farm. Edgar was very eager to be like, we'll stay. That's true. They've been trying to recruit her with some very hard sell tactics for yes. a long time. Or what if it is, if it is Hal, he could be doing the same thing. <laughs> you think Hal's a farmy? If he can get her to go there, his whole family will be present. Mm-hmm. And he can do what he wishes, which could be to, you know, stop this marriage or to prove things, or just kill everyone. Yeah, you can kill everybody, whatever. I'm, I, as you can tell, I have not decided what's happening. Okay. All I know is that uh, Edgar's definitely Charles. <laughs> I know that in my soul. I have a new Gargoyle King theory. Oh. We know that the person with the, the tattoos, the tattoos are our next lead on the identity yes. of the Gargoyle King. Yes. They have sandy hair, blue eyes, Magnetic <gasps> Sheriff Tom Keller. We have not seen him shirtless in the last year. Oh. Yes. Third season's a charm for Sheriff Killer theory. It's back, baby, and better than ever. 
We know. I don't want him to be it, though. We know he had a pre-existing relationship with uh, uh, Morden Norton. We know he had a a pre-existing relationship with Moose's dad, who was one of the fake uh, Gargoyle Kings. Uh Uh-huh. Now we know how the Gargoyle Kings note the night that Moose's dad was the Gargoyle King got into his honeymoon suite. It was him. Mm. He's been unemployed all season. Plenty of time to kill. Uh Uh-huh. Tom Keller. Gargoyle King. Are we just going to go down like the dads of Riverdale serial killers? If we're looking for a sandy-haired, blue-eyed man that I would follow to hell and back, there's not a lot other than Tom Keller. What color are Dr. Curdle Jr.'s eyes? (laughs) Yeah, you definitely call that a magnetic personality. Maybe a plate-in-the-head personality. Hey, it could be an act. It could all be a fucking act. Yeah. Yes. I can't wait to see Dr. Curdle Jr. at open mic night. Right? (laughs) And uh, if we're going by tattoos, we haven't seen Gladys topless (laughs) from behind. No. Or any angle for that matter. We have not. She's also not a sandy-haired, blue-eyed man, but... I mean, I guess that would explain why he doesn't care that his son's in a cult. There you go. He's busy. I just don't want it to be him. Because <laughs> he's been pretty absent, even as a boxing coach lately. Yeah. Yeah. Well, like, and when I liked... He what... knew baby teeth. He knew all about baby teeth. Mm-hmm. It's it's a dark horse candidacy, to be sure. Oh, I don't know. So uh, one thing we should mention, there's a, a, there's a, a digital short or perhaps a deleted scene up on the Riverdale YouTube channel. Yes. It is called Fang's Promposal. Why was that not in the episode? Oh my god. Which is kind of a spoiler for a very suspenseful scene. Evelyn is sitting alone at the bar at Pops, texting Fang's, wondering where the heck he is. And she starts getting stalked by four anonymous serpents. And she's getting very uncomfortable as they slowly approach. And like, close the shades and lock the door and dim the lights. Then one of them hits the jukebox in order to play some intimidating doo-wop music. <laughs> and then they, one by one, open their coats and you see a P and an R and an O and an M. Then suddenly and- there's a fifth one who is ripped and shirtless with a question mark painted on his chest. Camera pans up. It's Fangs! And he's like, do you think he'll say Yes. This wasn't a real promposal. It was a rehearsal for Fangs asking Kevin. And he wanted to get Evelyn's opinion to know if it was good enough and if Kevin would say yes. And he is so, like, excited and happy and hopeful. He jumps up and down and giggles when she's like, yeah, yeah, I think he's going to like it. He's so cute. He's a sweet boy, that Fangs. What if things went wrong and Kevin... I don't know, ran screaming (laughs) or wet himself from fear or pulled out a gun. This is a rough town these days. I'm like, you could like, just not, don't lock the door. Don't dim the lights. All of you could still walk out and pop open your shirts to the music. That'd be fine. If they don't dim the lights, how's the disco ball supposed to really pop? Go with the Fetty drop and balloon drop that Evelyn's talking about instead. That's true. Those are light independent. Yes. 
I feel like this was probably like an idea they had that got cut from the script a long time ago. Mm-hmm. Like, and then they're like, you know what would be fun? Why don't we let's, just shoot let's it Let's just anyways? put that up for you two. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I don't know where it would have fit in the episode. That's true. That's true. You know, it like doesn't fit the episode at all. But it was super cute. Before we move on to the spoiler portion, there's something that would normally go in announcements, but I want to make sure everybody hears it. Okay. This Saturday, the first Saturday in May, is free comic book day. Yes. So I encourage everyone, all of our United States listeners, to go to freecomicbookday.com and find a, a local participating comic store near you. Mm-hmm. Free Comic Book Day is an annual event where comic book stores buy certain promotional books from publishers and give them away to you, the customer, for free. Mm-hmm. And so, in order to promote the, the reading of books in general and comics in particular... I want you, especially if you don't read comics, to tell me what you like in other media. And I will suggest, one, something that you can get for free on Free Comic Book Day, and two, something else that your store will hopefully have in stock that you can check out. Cool. Because like I said, this is at a cost to your store in order to get people... Uh, interested in the door to see just the huge variety there is. It, it's not all uh, uh, primary colored superhero books. No. Nonfiction comics are great. European stuff, I fucking love. Uh, <laughs> I think a lot of people who listen to our show are aware that Japanese people make a lot of, of comics. Yeah. Yeah. With their own huge, massive variety behind them. Yes. Uh and a publishing scheme that is much more successful than Americans have been doing with the direct distribution model for the last 30 years, unfortunately. Yeah. But yes, tell me what you like in your media, and I will tell you something that you would probably like in a comic book. Sounds like a good deal. Yes. Uh, so, what we know. Next week's episode is called The Dark Secret of Harvest House. This is named for The Dark Secret of Harvest Home, a 1978 thriller miniseries. Not a movie. No. Doesn't count. Starring Betty Davis, though, so I can forgive it. Yeah. Anything that stars Betty Davis, you get a pass. In the trailer for next week, uh, Ethel whispers the name of the Gargoyle King to Jughead, and he responds with disbelief. That cannot be. No. So it's either Tom Keller or his mom. Um, <laughs> Archie is going to box Hiram with high stakes. Loser walks, baby. You just said the two things I wrote down, so okay. got nothing else here. There's also a shot of someone in, in high-waisted button-up shorts slouching in front of a Newton's cradle. That's a good shot. I don't even remember that one. <laughs> that was well, a couple hours ago now. Remember how the last uh, trailer didn't have any prom in it? Yes. I mean, there's a lot of stuff let yet to be learned. We will actually go to medieval times. <laughs> well, yeah, I got to pick up my USB drive. Get a turkey leg. They don't have turkey legs. <gasps> they don't. It's true. You get true. chicken. And a rib. Yes, just one. Just one rib. It's of religious significance. Yeah. Yes, the chicken makes you think of the egg, a symbol of resurrection. And the one rib is the one God took from Adam. What does the soup mean? It's a efficient way to feed a lot of people for not a lot of money. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, they really overcharge for that meal. 
It's surprisingly good, though. But considering they're mass serving the same meal to hundreds of people, it's pretty good. Pretty good. Pretty good. Uh, in any case, thank you for joining us for another episode of Sex, Archie. We're glad you came. We're coming down to the final stretch. I do have an announcement for two episodes from now. Yeah. Our episode on the season finale will be delayed due to some uh, real-life counter-scheduling. Yes. <laughs> uh, but we'll let you know our plans for that as they solidify. Yeah. But in the meantime, uh, we would love it if you gave us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts or Stitcher or Google Play, wherever else you can manage. Uh, but it's all very useful to help us connect to our intended demographic, 12-year-olds. Yes. Yeah, that's who we really, really want. Uh, the children are the future, corrupt them now, and march them straight to hell. Yeah. You can also tell a friend. Yeah, yeah. Word of mouth is great. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, I don't know, if you see a 12-year-old on the street, tell them about what's up. Especially the part about demanding uncles <laughs> go down on their wives. <laughs> and those abs. You can also follow us on Twitter at sex underscore Archie, where we have a good time, get in touch with people. And uh, it's also the first place you will hear our final set in stone plans for that chapter 57 uh, recap. Yes. Uh, so with that, I'm Elena. I'm Grant. And from us here at Sex Archie. So why don't you take your shirt off? Sugar. Ah, oh, honey, honey. You are my candy girl. Please.